Welcome to the Dirt Bike Weirdo Podcast. My name is Jeremy and this is it. We've made it. This is the part three episode with Michael Burgess. What an epic tale this man has spun. It has been an absolute privilege to sit down with him once again, get all this information out of him. I know there's so many more stories that we didn't get to touch on. Uh, as you can imagine, three and a bit hours is a long time to be sitting in a van talking shit, but we did it. And now you can hear the final installment of this awesome chat. Thank you so much, Michael. We can't wait to sit down with you on one of your roadbook trainings that's coming up. Michael has released a few dates, so make sure you go check them out. Uh, we'll be at a few of them, which should be absolutely cool to see it firsthand how the roadbooks are run. Make sure you head along if you're interested. This week's shout-out goes to Tim Coleman. Now, obviously, there's been a lot going on. Please go out and make sure you donate to that GoFundMe page. Tim's still in hospital. Ian has been amazing with all the updates. Make sure you go use the hashtag that's been created for him and continue to support the hard enduro scene that Tim will hopefully come back into very soon. Good luck, Tim. We're all thinking about you, mate. Keep fighting. As always, we want to thank our supporters, B&B Off-Road, Grassroots Hard Enduro, Acherbys Australia, Global Racing Oils, Goat Mountain Extreme, Next Adventure, Ride ADV, and Pulse Media. Thank you so much for the support. We can't wait to see you guys and girls at Kosciuszko Killer this coming weekend. It's going to be an absolutely awesome weekend. We're super stoked. Make sure you come and find us. We've got some merch for sale, finally. Uh, I know you've all been asking for it. And all proceeds from that merch will go to Tim Coleman and his family. So make sure you come along, grab yourself a hoodie and a beanie. Make sure you go follow Michael Burgess' social media pages. Keep up to date with what he's doing at the end of this year and next year. Some awesome things are coming up. And also make sure you come along to one of the roadbook training days. It's going to be an awesome weekend where you can roost me and make me look absolutely shit with a roadbook. So make sure you come along to those. But until next time, keep riding and stay safe. Cheers. Welcome to the Dirt Bike Burrito Podcast. Each episode, the crew will be talking with riders, organisers and supports in the off-road motorcycle scene. From desert racing and hard enduro to flat track and trials, a little bit of everything rolled into one, a dirt bike burrito. Follow us and stay up to date with upcoming guests on our social media pages and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, just a heads up, these boys and girls are passionate about what they do. Some bad words could jump out throughout the episode. So sit back in your car or crank your workout to the next level and enjoy. Let's just kind of go through. So you know, day three, day four, day five. Like, did they just kind of blend in together when you look back now? They, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like, I know, like by that day, I'd experienced most most things. Like, you know, I'd I'd, I'd had the headache where I'd sort of struggled a bit. I did struggle to concentrate, but I, I I honed in and got got the job done. Yeah. Day one where the road book was really difficult. Day three where it was fast. Uh, day three where there was a major accident. Um, and then I have stuffed my days up because I think day two was the day where Toby got stuck in the dunes and I, so that's, that's the big day. Yeah. yeah, So I got stuck in that, that exactly that footage of Toby is exactly where I got stuck. So people need to go have a look at it. Toby Price in a bowl. It was kind of like he was in a bowl and he manhandled that bike like, but he made it look very easy compared to, I think there was other footage of other guys and then GoPro footage. And I think the best way you described it was you came in, you thought you saw a line and then you just went, Yep, like and it was it was just like my my bike just got sucked into it. So they were quite small dunes. Yeah, and I was with Liar. That's the day I started with Liar. So I've got my days of starting stuffed up. But I was with Liar that day, and we rode, took off, and got to the sixty four k mark. And I know this <laughs> because we I'd stuck with her the whole time. And I come in because my theory was if I stick with Liar, I'm going to place well. Yeah, yep. you will. She'll be right. Just yeah. stick with Liar. Anyway, 
come in and she's gone left and she followed the main line and anyone I'd spoken to was like, and I'd proven to myself in the little bit of the dune riding, if you're making your own track in dunes, it's a hell of a lot easier than riding the chopped up stuff. Right. So I'm like, right, I'll go right and I'll just like, I'll just plow into it and she'll be right. Well, I went right and plowed into it and it was like, broomp. I just, but you just it, like well the yeah, way you throw it, you just went straight in, straight in. Yeah, like it was it, like there's no no ra- the, the wheel did not raise up any sand no. at all. It just went straight into. It's like the, you rode straight into a real soft wall, just yep, straight into it. Exactly that. It was like someone just threw a doona over me, <laughs> and then I'm like, right, I've got to get out of this. So, so I. But how like, far did the sand come back up? Like I'm talking over like, the screen. Like, it was around my screen. It wasn't high enough to go over it. It was around it. So the whole front wheel, front wheel, everything was all up stuck to your in radiator. It. Yep. Oh. And I'm like, oh, so I, so I dismounted. The bike's still standing upright, like it's like in a wheel chock, and <laughs> and I'm just reefing it backwards, reefing, and it just wasn't moving. Like kind of suction, like, like it sucked in. Yeah. So I pulled it back, and there was solid ground that we were on, and I'm like, oh right, oh well, I'll go around and go up there. So where where you could see Toby trying, and where he spun his bike around, mm. that was the spot that I tried to go up. So I've tried to go up there, boom, same deal, and I'm like, and then. Eventually, I went to the small because it tapered off quite quick, and you couldn't quite. The camera didn't actually pick that up, but so I went up the tapered bit. But I got on top, and you just sink, sunk yeah. into it. So I held my bike flat, pushing it, and it was like a bulldozer just trying to go through <laughs> until all of a sudden it just sort of grabbed. And then after that, I just stuck on everybody else's line. Yeah, um, but it was bad because I don't know whether I was off the map or not, off the road book, but. I come to this major drop off, didn't see it coming, just like, and launched. So it was like, if you picture, say, five meter vertical drop, and then like a two meter gap, and then uh, like a two meter vertical up, and then the sand started again. And I, luckily, I hit that fast enough, and I just flat landed over it. Jesus. Um, and then Skylar was telling me he crashed on that. And then there was an so all of a sudden my pucker was just like this tight. You were you were gripping like, that seat. Yeah, I couldn't see any like so every little anything that you know you're sort of trying to catch the edges with your goggles and all this sort of stuff and any edge, I was just like stopping breaking. Yeah, and because the sand was so soft, I'd lose momentum. So it was it was a really and so your nose would just dive down and you'd get real heavy in the front and yep. then that becomes a bit sketchier as well trying to pull it up. Yep. So how long were you stuck in that sand bowl? Do you think? Oh. It felt like forever, but it might have been five minutes. You know? Oh, right. So it wasn't like some of the other guys that we've heard. They were stuck there for like 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah. And and lucky because I am sort of a, a like a larger frame bloke. I, I could, I could like man, that man handle the bike. As I said, it was kind of like you were doing the Toby. Like he was yeah. doing this a mass made for like a hard enduro guy. He was doing these beautiful yep. pivot turns. Pivot turns. With like a 200 kilo bike. He was just yep. rub, 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 rub. But if you watch a lot of the, like, and I learned how to do that as well because there was quite a lot of times when like you'd come full noise, as I got my confidence back up throughout the race, you'd come full noise up to the top of a crest of a dune and you're not quite sure on what the other, you never know what the other side's going to be like. So you'll sort of brake tap and like which will pull your nose down and pull you down the other side and sometimes if i timed it wrong i'd brake tap and stop on top <laughs> and i'd be bogged and like seesawing yeah and if you weren't over that side too like well enough then you just got to do that pivot turn and go back down and do it all again because if you just try and try and try you burn that much energy yeah, and just right. kill yourself on trying to get this 200 kilo thing over the other side so it was just best if you 
we're like that one meter down a bit, just pivot turn back to the bottom. Like, and sometimes I'd pivot turn the back wheel was that bog that it didn't pivot and it just, the back bike just flipped upside down. And then I'd be like, oh, I got to pick it up now. But you know, like just slide it down yeah, the hill like a sled. Yeah, and I've done that. I did that, just drag it down, you know, like just anything. Ride it like a surfboard all the way to the bottom. Yeah. It's only sand. You're not going to worry about scratching oh, anything mate. up, will you? Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of that, but like I got educated a lot in the dunes. Yeah. Um, and my, my best day and favorite day of the whole race was day six. When I was with the Sherco boys. So that was the day before rest day? Yep. Yeah. Um, I was with the Sherco boys. I was with... Um, who else was I with? Nida. Um, uh, the Dutch bloke Spearings. Oh, yep. Um, and Lyre was with us for a while. Um, then she left you behind. Yeah, she did. Um it just like she's an animal in the dunes mate just an animal like just so good to watch anyway there were six of us for i'd say four hours riding these small fast dunes and i found footage of us and it is because i remember you you explained this on your daily your update you're just having fun like you just keep pushing each other and then someone would back off and that's when the next person would take over it just sounds like a day just day riding with uh with your mates really yeah and and it did feel like that but no one wanted to give up yeah that's it. no one wanted to give up like i reckon like my my calorie count that day was through the roof because we were pushing and even Chucky, it was I think it was Chucky's favourite day too because near the end there he pulled out onto these sand tracks, like there were two wheeled, two wheeled, four wheel drive, heavy sand tracks, so like big desert, um, and just flat berms, everything. And is just, that the day that I think he was averaging like a, he averaged one hundred and ten or one hundred and twenty kilometres an hour? Is yeah, it that day? Yeah, could well be. Yeah, because he said he would he, like he, for the majority yeah. of the time he just was like, rah, 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 yep. rah, rah, like well, it's, it's a day whenever you see anybody like they show that you know the footage of him just up recently going through the dunes oh, just jump. Yeah. That's that day. Yeah, that looked like fun. Yeah, and it was super fun, and and the sand was just super perfect. Mm. Um, not too dry, not too like that had rain. Yeah, um, right. Like when we we're over there. They get five days of rain a year, and we got three of them. Yeah, which which I think there was day eleven, maybe that you said that you needed the rain because if it wasn't last day, day, day twelve, day twelve, sorry, because yeah. if you didn't have the rain, you weren't going to make it. Like mm. you were, you were really worried that you yeah. weren't going to make it. Yeah, because they had potential to be the soft, soft, soft dunes, swallowing dunes. Yeah, and just the were they r- big? Yeah. yeah. Well, what we were riding through wasn't big, but we were very high up, a right altitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. like not altitude, like like I couldn't feel it breathing and stuff like that. But we were on top of dunes, but very cut dunes. So like it was the a top of a dune of a dune that you were riding. Exactly, and that yeah. happened quite often. You start low, and then you work your way up a dune, which you turn into another dune, into another dune, and so on. And then when you when you got to the end of the last dune, like you're going downhill, and you're like, whoa. This yeah. is like a long way to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So it's like just one giant mountain dune. Yeah, yeah. So then so, we, we we did touch on your last on your day before rest day. How did you go with the rest day? Yeah, because um, you said you, you you and Skylar like kept up your routine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, we did, we did a lot things. of stretching, all that sort of stuff. Like um, ate well. Um, yeah, just, just sort of stuck pizzas together. And burgers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Had had a big had a big cook up after you know <laughs> a big night before. You know? American barbecue. Skylar's yeah. just out there barbecuing, yep. and we couldn't leave the bivouac, so we sort of we just hung out, um, hang out with other riders. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Just sort of like you know, spoke to Chucky that day. Catch up with Hulahan. Yep, yep. Caught up with Andrew. Um, sort of, I knew Andrew had a little bit on his plate, so mm. I sort of like wanted to be there for him, but didn't want to. 
yeah. like just overdo it. Smother him kind of thing. Because, yeah, yeah. I think we'll, when we interview him, we'll get into his details and his yeah, story. Because yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he had a yeah. cracker. He did, dacker. and he did it like a mammoth effort. Um, he, he can't not go on a bike and do a mammoth effort, mate. No, no. And um, and just, yeah, like he's better man than me, eh? <laughs> stubborn. More stubborn than you, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your rest cool. day was like, yeah, just, just focusing on getting like, because what was your headspace waking up on, the, on your rest day? Compared um, to going to bed that night. Yeah, it was it was sort of like, oh, yeah, good, get a sleep in, but we didn't sleep in. No, you, you know, didn't. we're getting up at 3, 4 a.m. every day. So Skylar was obviously one of the first bikes away. So I'd always get up when Skylar got up. And I'd go and just... Give him a kiss goodbye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pack his lunch. <laughs> Don't forget your lunch, Skylar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can imagine that too. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I, like in the bivouac itself, so the eating complex at the bivouac, this massive big building, um, I'd just go and chill. I'd ring Cal on the phone, maybe do a little uh, little video for yep. you guys. And I just really just sort of tried to take my time and came back to that enjoy the moment type thing. You know, so, so I really did sort of just try and calm myself down a bit because at the end of some days... I always come in feeling well because you had that ride home um, and you to decompress, kind of gather exactly, your thoughts. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like you yeah. just went ride, 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 race, 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 and then sit down on. You had you had five hours on the bike to yeah, yeah recon- to yep. consider what the fuck you just done. Yeah, just dissect the day and and think about you know the building something at home and yeah 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 a million different things you know like and and you would it was every day listen to podcasts this, yeah all that kind of stuff you'd have this emotional roller coaster right um because you'd be like what am i doing here well you know this is stupid you know like yeah well and then like two minutes later you're like yeah this is awesome singing in your head and <laughs> you know like it's just it was quite um a roller coaster of emotions by the sound yeah of it, every yep and as each day went they got more sort of like bipolar, you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. With, with how your emotions went. Well, for me anyway, but talking to Skylar and stuff like that, like, you know, he they, they'd sort of have... Everybody sort of travelled the same sort of road, if you know what I mean, but everybody did it differently. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's just the way it is. And like, as you said before, you're getting to like day 10, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, yeah. constant riding, 12-hour days kind of thing. You are gonna have some fucking ups and some downs, like yeah. it, especially if you get stuck in your head for five hours on a highway. All you hear is a drum of the bike, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck me, I couldn't even do two days of that. And, and I couldn't even thing. take like my my I didn't have I don't own earpods or anything like that. So, but I could see at the end of specials, people put earpods in. I'm like, man, that's a good idea right? yeah you could imagine like, like could, you could have been listening to music i had enough airport time to listen to you guys don't you worry oh, fuck that would have yeah i would have not told you to listen to us imagine five hours on a highway listen to uh, us that would have been more of an emotional oh, roller coaster mate. so we've missed a couple of things uh it was day three where i did the, the be a legend and took off like a bat out of hell for the cameras yeah. so this yeah we were trying right. to do, i was gonna yeah. focus on the good we stuff and then i, come I told back. you i was gonna write all this down and get it all right oh no but, i know it. i just want to focus on the good stuff and then like, all right so let's talk about the cons of your dacca yeah, and yeah. then i was gonna start listing it but we'll, we'll go pros and cons right, so day three let's talk about your cons me cons me cons were the silly idea of um being a camera hero being a camera hero it worked out though because you ended up getting on red bull yeah, I did. So I it did. worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that. It's probably the only time being an idiot has ever worked out for you. And I tell you what, did, like as you can see on Red Bull, I won Fink outright. And, yeah. 
<laughs> that's a, that was the most painless thing of winning I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> but let's no, talk about so your day three crash. I, I would like to apologise for people for that misinterpretation there because I bet you there's a couple of people going, "What the? You know, like, fuck this guy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just a uh, misinterpretation of a a class win over a win win. But anyway, what's a little bit of a white life for TV? <laughs> Yeah, it's only on Red Bull TV too, viewed by millions yeah, of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't my lie though. <laughs> no, it wasn't your lie. No, no, it wasn't your lie. But no, we'll, we'll just skip past that one. Let's mm. go to day three. Day three. So I took off and I'm talking like 700 metres into it. There was a bit of a caution, but I sort of sized it up and I'm like, this ain't no caution, mate. This is a jump. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not a triple caution in your book, you don't pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, anyway... It ended up uh, a major high side. The bike was upside down, um, and I was 10 metres from it. And I remember turning around, running back, and the bike's just perfectly upside down, like like a school kid changing a wheel. Um, so, yeah, so I pushed it back over, jumped on, and I'm like, oh, grouse, I haven't lost much time. Front end was a bit twisted, and I'm like, nah, I'm not straightening it. I'll just keep going. So I took off. The road book scrolled like, through the next three instructions. It stopped. And then stopped. Because, I mean, like, if you're saying if the bike's perfectly upside down, people have to remember, you've got a, a nav yeah, tower yeah. and all your navigation instruments hits up, what, maybe 10, 12 inches, yeah, maybe a bit yeah, higher than, yeah, than yeah. the bike. So if, that's obviously speared in the ground, like sunk in the ground. Well, I was actually running at it full noise, so geared up, air vest on, running at it full noise, which went off, mind you, the gear vest. So I'm running like, you got to pitch a SpongeBob running along. <laughs> <laughs> And I've just two straight arms just pushed the bike over like just that. Just full hip and shoulder. You're yeah. like, oh, fucking oh. jump. Oh. Yeah. You're like, this is going to work out well. Yep. And so I yep, flipped over, got it back up, and everyone's going, you're right, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I take off, and there's sand in my goggles going in my eyes. And, <laughs> yeah. Your air jacket, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So it had already it had gone down. So like, it, the, the next bike hadn't caught me, so it didn't take... Like, the crash was been and done. I was gone within a minute. Mm. And a bike didn't catch me for a long time. But I had no road book to follow. No. Like, I was manually scrolling it. With your fingers. Yep. Yeah. And the first part, I was... So, on those rally road books, they've got, like, a lock-in pin. So, on the end, you can tap this thing in, which will... Like, so, say if I'm manually scrolling through loading a road book, I can pull it out and it'll roll freely. Right. Well, stupid me... I left it in for the first part. So I'm trying to scroll the road book that's stiff as stiff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it wasn't until I got to the halfway. So I'd made a million mistakes by then. I'd gone off and ridden off following a bloke over rocks and stuff like that when I knew we were going the wrong way. And uh, just, yeah, many mistakes. Yeah. And where it all went pear-shaped is the footage of Chucky riding up that gully where you were meant to do the switchback and go up the yeah, hill. Yeah, he, he just goes straight up the side of the that's hill. Ex- yeah, that's it. So that's where stuff really went pear-shaped for me because it was very, very rocky through there and I didn't want to take my eyes off the riding. And I'm like, oh, mate, he, he'll get this because I know this dude. I've seen him before. He can navigate pretty good. Uh-uh. No, <laughs> he, he he didn't make very good decisions for a fair while there. Wow, and 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 I fell into the trap of being dragged along with him. Yep, um, which is quite easy. So anyway, when we come out the other side of all, and this that was also the same one where the cars were out in the open area, 
going everywhere. Just doing donuts, trying to find yeah. it. Where, it was a tough yep. day, day three, yep. though, for navigation for everyone. So yeah, it was. because it glad was, you didn't have was, your navigation going on. I know. It was a 50-50. It was quite fast in spots, but also quite technical and yeah. rocky. Um, I got that bit right where the cars were going. Like, I went the wrong way twice. I went that way, and then I'm like, no, nah, this is wrong. Then I went that way. And then, because this is when I'm like, I'm not following this dude anymore. Where am I at the road book? And I was a little bit confused. And then I'm like, I've got to be here. So, and then I'm like, well, that's the cap reading. And I wasn't on the track, but I was on the right cap. So I grabbed the cap at the wrong spot, but I was heading in the right direction until I'd gone up over this, like, you're in an area where there's nothing yep. but va- some valleys. Yep. And No uh, markers on the hill that you can go, oh, just aim for yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. For that yep, power yep, pole, yep. There that tree. There wasn't even a tree yeah, or nothing. nothing. And I'm just like... And then in the distance, I could see dust going that way and my my, my road book made sense to there. And then, put, and then I looked over and there was like 30 bikes and I'm like, whoa, I've seriously lost some time here, eh? Like I lost about 45 minutes. Jeez, you did a full David night. A full David Knight. Um, anyway, so I <laughs> sorry, caught David. up to his. Sorry, David. Um, caught up to all these bikes. I'm going along, and then, and I didn't realise Andrew was amongst that group. All right. Yeah. So I've that's got, right. It was the first time you caught up with him. Yeah, yeah. So I went past him through all the rocks and all that sort of stuff, and then I got. So we, I couldn't. I didn't pass them all because I didn't want to lose. Like I just thought, just stay in the comfort of everybody for a while and just get my bearings back. Um, but then I looked like I knew that we were getting close to a fuel stop. Um, so I thought what I'll do is, is I'll just wait with the group. And when it gets close to the, cause I knew that the road book, like when I was scrolling my road book in, I could see that the second half of the day was quite fast. Right. Okay. So, and so what gives it away that it's going to be fast? Just, just longer the, spaces? How spread out it is, yeah. how it's a smaller road book, you know, for the distance, you know, so I had an inkling that it was going to be a bit faster and a bit easier. And was the bike still tracking well even after you crashed? No, no, no. I was, I was veering off. Like it was like the front end was twisted. So I, when I got in, so what I did was, is when we got close to that, I just sort of powered on. Oh, I kept that front wheel up so you didn't have to. Got in front of the group and yeah, by, right. you know, by five, ten seconds and I just rolled in in front of them all. So I had no dust yep. when I exited because you, as you, the time that you enter in is the time that you exit in. Yeah, right. So I had time to re- 20 minutes to recompose, put fuel in my bike, fuel my body. I thought I was going to be able to fix my road book, which I couldn't. Yeah. Um, and it was jammed because it was twisted sideways. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was... And I, I undid my front end and twisted like t- twisted that back a bit, but I had bent handlebars as well. Jeez. Um, but the second part of the day was uneventful. I got through it all nice, rode the road book well. So, got you, so you were just all road book? You, were, you didn't have to follow anyone? No. Nah just went all road book and it was just near the end where I thought I was making a mistake but well no I thought I was right but I couldn't validate a waypoint it wasn't coming up oh, on my shit. so I kept riding through this like it's not like there's a sign I'm a waypoint here yeah, I'm yeah, riding yeah. through this imaginary you know Spot area on the ground. and I'm like it's, it's here why is it not picking up and then I went the other way and then I went the other way and on the last time I'm like well I'm going to cop a 20 minute penalty and I went and I went through, and as I went past, boom, it validated, you know, waypoint 157 or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's I'm an like, audio alarm, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, but some of, them, some of them are quiet as well. Like, some will just change. Oh, so, wow. it depends on what waypoint it is. Yeah, okay. So, you've got waypoint safeties. You've got all different waypoints. So, um, and 
in the first three days, I had a lot of time, not a lot of time wasted, but a lot of just learning your equipment, mm-hmm. what to look at. And my biggest learning curve was the speeding fines. Do you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Right, we're good because we're in the cons. Remember, yeah, I was trying yeah, to put yeah, them yeah. off to the end, but we're in the cons. Yeah. So those speeding... 10 speeding fines. 10. I'm glad what, you know the number. As I said, I did my research, man. I had to make sure I knew all your cons because there's too many pros. I had to know mm. some cons about the man. Yes, well, so we come off... It was the day that I was racing with all the boys, like my fun day. As, as usual, it's where it happens. You start showing off, neck minute. Yeah, neck minute. So we're going... Now, the funny thing was, is through the dunes every day, I could hear, like, with the, with that group on day six, I could hear the alarms going off, but it wasn't my alarm. It was their alarm. Because we were entering the, the speed oh, zones together, shit. it was their alarms going off, right. not mine. Um, so, how it works is, is you'll come into a speed zone and, like, Skyler taught me to, is like, you can hold it flat and you've got, like, you know, 90 metres uh, to slow, like, get your pace down to below whatever the speed zone is. So, if it's a 50k or a 30k, and then you're not allowed to exceed that speed during that speed zone. When you get out the other side, it will show you and there'll be an al- another alarm go off and, you know, your speed will correct on, on your ERTF. Um, but... I wasn't looking at the RTF. I wasn't looking whether it said 30Ks or 50Ks. You were just for that beep. And the beep, and which is very loud, and up the top here on your ICOs, on your repeaters, you can see it will flash red. Which is at the top of your screen. Right, above yep. your roadbook. Yep. Um, so eye height. So they're the th- sorts of things I looked for. So you're looking for, yeah, the, those the, the little kind of, those little loud noises or the yep. flash instead of the actual data that you should have probably been looking at. That's right. So, we're in this dune formation, and I'd broken away from everybody, like, a fair bit, like, pulled 30 seconds on them. So, we come down this dune, and there's a speed zone. So, speed zones are generally where there's a camp of, like, uh, like where they've, like, a camel camp or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the camel camp wasn't there. On the day before, there were camel camps that they'd put had in the road book but cut out of the ERTF system so they weren't in the event right okay yeah. so we get to it and I'd see it written in the road book and go to slow down and I'm like there's no alarm so I kept going so I didn't get any speed penalties for that neither did anybody else um, because it, it wasn't there they just decided to cut him out because he old camel man's gone from yep. when they made the road book yep. this particular day he'd, it, he'd moved over a fair way they'd left it in the road book mm. um but he wasn't like right there. So I've come off, I've slowed down. I'm like, no alarm. Gone a bit faster, thinking I hadn't entered it yet. And no, nothing, nothing. I'm like, oh, fucking off I go. So. Which, I mean, anybody would have done, especially if the day before there was no alarm because it, you know, been cut out. You would yep. have just assumed it happened again. So I get into the fuel stop, the um, the 20 minute uh, section there, and all the boys come in and they were up on top of the dune. When I was in, and they saw me, and they'd laugh and then taking the piss out of me and all this sort of stuff, going, "Oh, you're up for penalty. You just went, you went faster and all this sort of stuff." And I'm going, "Nah." I said, "Didn't come up." So you're the idiots because you slowed down. And they're going, "It was there." And I'm going, "No, it's not." So I got into my computer, and you can get into the back end and actually have a look what you've done. And I'm like, "Uh oh, <laughs> it was there." And I'm like, eh. 
Oh, well, that's a bummer. Anyway, so can't change it now. So I'm first bike away, but I'm like a minute and a half in front yeah, of Yeah, yeah, you, you've pulled some time now. I've pulled some big time. So I go, I take off, um, and that wasn't just through the speed zone either. I just I just pulled away on them. Mm. I'd, I'd had a good moment, which we all had those moments. Yeah. Um, so off I go, come into oh, another speed zone, a speed zone, and it was a safety speed zone as well. No alarm, and I'm like... Oh, this is odd, you know, like, so I'd, same deal, I'd slowed down a bit, but there was no alarms, and I'm like, well, if there's no alarms, there's no alarms, don't let that scare you, you know, then I've turned, gone further, and then there's another speed zone, and I, this time it didn't come up, and there was two police cars either side, we were crossing a road, and I'm just on the chocks, and I slow up, and I'm like, there's something seriously wrong here, like, of, like, what is going on? So, and these were big, long speed zones, mind you, that I'd ridden through, not at race pace, but like... Yeah. So, it was like, it wasn't an advantage, but it wasn't like... Yeah, there was no disadvantage. No disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I've got through and got to the end of the day. I've got this, like, so when you come in, they'll give you your penalties. It's a piece of paper and you've got to sign for it. And um, I'm just... I was just shattered and I've got a sign like all every different one you got to sign for oh. so I've got this like full lot of paperwork and I'm like man and I'm going look there's something wrong with my equipment it wasn't alarming up and all this sort of stuff and so we'd gone through they checked me equipment and had I had broken wires so uh, was this from the crash or just from I think it was from the crash but also like it was a couple of days later so obviously they'd had a chance to sort of you know yeah, wiggle out wiggle out and yeah. work their way they were just snapped in half hmm. so I took photos of it went and showed because um, when you've got something like that you've got to go and explain yourself yep so I took it up and explained myself and I just said, oh, look, I really just don't want you to think that I'm just speeding, you know, like, w- just because I'm an idiot. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, you, know, you said that in your video too. It was it was not like you were speeding to make up any any time. Like, yeah, you, yeah. it was like, just gen- you did slow down. You just generally didn't yeah. know. Yeah, and he's like, so they got it up and they went through and they could see, like, I'd gone down, like, I'd slowed down to 45 and then it's 58 and then it was 50, then it was 78, then it was, you know, like... Yeah, you were trying this, to find the this, range. This up and down sort of speed type thing and... Um, yeah, so he's like, oh, yeah, well, what we can do is is we won't find you the money, but we'll... Which was, like, going to be 2,500 euro. Um, oh, it's real money. Real, real money. Real money. Um, but we can't get rid of the time penalty, so... Yeah. So, so how much time did you end up getting pen- uh, penalised? You tell me, 50, not 57 minutes, 59 minutes? It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was an a, hour. Yeah, I knew it was around the hour part, but mm. that's, that's, a, that's a hard hit, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. It, it did, like I was a bit spewing at the time, um, and it was just at that day six there where, where my idea of the race, like my goal had changed. All oh, right. So, what was the goal now? You know, like my goal was like, whoa, like I'm I'm consistently riding with people that, you know, uh, like these boys are factory riders. Mm. I'm riding with David Knight. I'm seeing Liar every day, you know, like, and I'm still like that. I sort of was growing in confidence, still feeling a fish out of water, like I shouldn't be amongst these people. Yeah, but I was always there. Mm. So I'm like, well, let's go with this. And I was still, except for the stupid ass crash I had, I was still riding well and truly within my means. Yeah. And I'm like, righto. 
Well, after this, we're stepping it up. After rest day, we're going to have a crack. Whoa, right. here we go. So we, we can see, I can see that I could probably go a decent result here. Yeah. And I'm like, righto, let's, let's, let's really just see what we can do. Yeah, because I mean, I guess by that, by that, that's the halfway through the rally as well. Yep. Your body was holding up. Yep. I mean, the only real issue you had at the, at the time was your hand because obviously all the the twisting you needed. Yeah, you needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah. like so. But that was it. So there was no problems. No, I was fine. I was healthy. Bike was great. Everything was spot on. Um, so of course you're going to go into the second half with a, with a head full of confidence because you're like, shit, if I can do the first half like this. Yep. And that's usually when the people were like, "Okay, I just got to get to halfway." After halfway, but you you'd managed to get to halfway, and yep. your body was and bike was still, you know, one. Yeah, and I was great. So, so day seven, we take off. It had been pissing rain, and we we're in this sand that was really sort of just heavy. Um, and I just early in the race, like about the 30, 40 k mark, there was a massive, massive dune, and I stuffed it up. And it took me two attempts to get up it. And I was, and that, like there and then, I was like, because I caught heat, like I caught a few bikes pretty quick. And I was like, righto. That not getting up that dune and someone from behind me, they got up and I watched them get up as I came back down. And I'm like, righto, just remember it's a long race. Righto, you're not going to, like, I'm not going to win it. Like, not going to achieve what I'm going to do. Yeah by riding the way I was, which was like I was, I was up it. And then, so I got up the top and I started, I caught up to the dude that passed me and I know I'd done a bit of riding with him on some days. Um, and I was passing him like not very fast, like, you know, just sort of, you know, like walking pace past him, yep. if that makes any sense. Yeah, he was doing like 110, you were doing like 125. Well, like, and, yeah. and that's, yeah, like 112. That's yeah. exactly sort of what I'm talking about. So, I moved off the track because we because uh, it was wet. We were swapping around quite a lot, so I moved off the track and was just dodging in between all the little the little sand humps, and hitting one here and there, you know, like and, and I hit one, and it sent me a bit skew if, and in the air I saw there's another one, and I had no option but to hit it, and like I was about like this just behind old mate who I was trying to pass. Yeah, right. Just like, like just on his just on his chain. Just on his yeah. chain. Yeah. And I've hit the second one, full high side, like just bad, bad crash. And he didn't even know. He wow. just kept riding off. Really? <laughs> yeah, he didn't even know. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I, like, winded, just... Jacket went off again? Yep, jacket went off, and I'm lying on the ground, and it was just like, right, oh, well, I have to stop. Hmm. I can't, like, so I got back to my bike, I picked it up i couldn't pick it up my arm was killing me i didn't know why i sort of picked it up one-handed with the knee and all awkwardly but i got it up and i sat on the bike and i went to take off and i had sand in my goggles and i just stopped and i took my goggles off i took my helmet off i'm like shook all the sand out of everything got my breath back and i'm like whoa this is such a reality check hey really yeah that yep. was that yep. was it yep and the reality check was is that i wasn't being an idiot hmm. like i'd just come off a bit of a like a bit of a section where I th- was riding outside of my comfort zone mm. and then I'd come back in and I reeled it back in and so why it was such a reality check is because I was just doing the right thing yeah 
and you're just like, whoa, this is how quick yeah. you can waste 150 grand. <laughs> I, I, I guess you're right. Like, if you were pushing it and you come off, it could have been a lot different to, like, just, just coming off, like, as you did. Yeah. Um, kind of a bit more relaxed, a bit more kind of kept together. It really showed that it doesn't matter, like, where you are. It'll catch you out no matter what at what level you're riding. And so, exactly. yeah. Exactly. And so, into high side. don't get me wrong. Like, oh, yeah, it, and it hurt. It really, really hurt. So I rode the rest of the day there, sort of like really just struggling to use my right arm. I couldn't work out how to. I just couldn't come with anything comfortable. Was it um, like mentally as well? Like was it like a, a good scare? Like you're like I'm not gonna oh, push it as fast. Mm, nah, I just couldn't push it as fast. Yeah, okay. It's physically, it yeah. wasn't a mental. I caught thing. up to old mate again. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, but like in a very conservative way. Mm-hmm. Um, like it took me a, most of the day, and then near the end. I think he just got very tired and I just sort of gapped him. So my body, like my fitness level and everything, I, I can't fault what I did leading into the event. Um, and that was a very great backdrop for me, especially when I got the injury because I could rely on everything else then. Yeah. You know, there was nothing else that I... I knew I, I didn't have an area like through the fitness that was, was going to fail me. Yeah. So, yeah. So what I'd done is I'd torn my tricep and I don't know to what level, but like they were calling me fat arm, you know, like, so <laughs> Skylar's like fat arm, but bro, like, you know, <laughs> so and it was, it was just massive. Like I'd, it was like that, like two arms together. Jesus. So, so each night we'd get my arm and elevate it and have it up here and stuff like that. So that all the fluid would run out of my hand. Jesus. Um, so after the liaison, each day after that, the fluid would run into my hand and I would actually, like, for periods there, I'd just be pushing my arm sort of thing, which was hurting my tricep, to get throttle response. Wow, so you like just... Is it like you're just twisting your wrist? You've got your whole arm just, like, dropping yeah. your arm. Doing the big... Yeah, you're, just, you're just, like, stiff-arming it and just yeah. dropping shoulder. Like, man, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so so that was, that was a setback, but I didn't want to... I didn't want to talk about it too much on... Because... It wasn't about not notifying people of what was going on. It was more about I didn't want it. I didn't want to put it in my head. Right. Okay. Yeah. You, you didn't want it I mean? to be playing on your head. Like. Yeah. I didn't want yeah, to. Right. I didn't want to put it out to people and 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 make it like that. It was affecting me. You know. It was like like lying. You know. Like if you lie about it, it's not real. You know. Like sort of thing. So <laughs> maybe not lie about it. Just don't recognize yeah, it. Like, yeah. 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 Push it under the rug. No, it's not there. You yeah, know. Yeah. It didn't happen. So, which which I think worked quite well. I got on the bike the next day and because I was. Like, when I got up in the morning, I'm trying to get dressed, and, and that was the marathon stage. Um, so I slept beside DeSaltrate in the in the big thing, and, like, he saw when I came in. He helped me get my gear off, and then the next morning, I'm trying to get dressed, and people are helping me put my jersey on and everything, and I'm like, oh, this is great. So anyway, like, my whole mechanical thing that night was I got off the bike and looked at it, and I'm like, okay. Well, everyone's putting a bag on their bike. I think I'll just put a bag over the top and a bag. Oh, yeah, someone plugged their muffler. I'll just put a bag over the muffler and now mechanical's done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brilliant. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So, yeah, and I just went off and um, had a share and, yeah, and, off, and as bad as what it was, oh, they gave me some good painkillers and all that mm. sort of stuff. We, we scrounge around and, like, everybody's got everybody's got everything you need there. yeah you yeah you, like, you should just follow mobile around. chemist that joint yeah um, hand has all the drugs you live in yeah you go. so yeah so i got i got drugged up right um and then for the rest of the race 
yeah, like Bart and that, they had everything I needed to get me through. Yeah. Um, like, and sleeping, I didn't cover on that, but I had a lot of trouble sleeping. You were there. Yeah. And they, like, it wasn't what sort of sleeping tablet, like, it wasn't just one sleeping tablet sort of thing. They, they had different airward sleeping tablets that, so we played around with sleeping tablets. So I was getting the right amount of sleep that I wasn't waking up too drowsy, you yeah, know, right. so it was, you found the perfect sleeping cocktail. Just by the end of the rally. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, by midway through the race, we were on, you know, yeah. like, so, so now I had an injury to deal with, um, for the last remaining days, which, which dragged me back a bit to the, just get the job done. Yeah. Just get the job done. And I mean, we'll go back to the marathon stage was something I want to talk to you about. Like, so there was all these rules around tires and yes. things like that. So how'd you find that for the marathon stage with the tire? Like, Obviously, no offense to you, but you guys aren't like the front runners no. who are like chewing tires, like just going through them. Was it a bit slower for the tires for you? Like you weren't really an issue. You weren't having to slow nah, down. So I, I had options of tires. I didn't have a tire limit or anything like that. Cause oh I'm, no, I'm not that's yellow right. plated. That's right. right? Sorry. But yeah. Never mind. Just to give you a reflection, I was wearing tires out every day. Like wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use them again. And, and so the marathon stage? The marathon stage, my tyre had a s- small split in the side wall and it also was well, well worn. Right. Like, was that yeah. on the, when you got into the, got into the bivouac on the first part or like the second day? No, was the it first, like, I, I, I saw it was there, but I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, Toby Price said, cable mm, ties and duct tape. That's right. So, nah, well, it, it wasn't that big to, to raise that sort of concern, um, but it was there. Yeah. Um, so, like, every time we stopped for a fuel stop or whatever, I just quickly had a look at it, um, which is pointless because there's nothing I could do. No. Um, so, it's just sort of out of sight, out of mind time thing. I but, guess also, though, if you saw it really splitting apart, you could be like, well, maybe I should slow down just yeah. a little bit because now I've got to get to the end. Like, I don't want to be stuck in the dune in the middle of nowhere, like, with no rear tyre, you know? Yeah, exactly. Riding back on a rim. Mm, yeah. So, like, I looked at it. I didn't know what I was going to do if it went pear-shaped, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so it sort of kept it controlled like that. Um, front tyres were fine. Yeah. I don't think it matters what front tyre you run, really. is like everyone's Ooh, controversial. Running. Yeah, I'm serious, though. Like, I don't think... As long as it's got a good, strong sidewall. Yeah. Um... And you're running that, like those uh, desert mooses. Um, yeah, like front tyre selection is not a big thing. But I had to run the Michelin Deserts in the rear. Um, one, because that's what the team ran. And two, because on day, one of the days there early on in the race, I ran a knobby on day two when I thought that it was I needed the knobby in the sand. And I tore nearly all the knobs off it and was lucky to get home. Wow, really? Mm, yeah, so... Was it because of the rock base? No, like it was a primarily sand day. Mm. Um, it's just that I was just a little bit outside of that um, speed that could run a knobby tyre. Um, mm. So it was... I wanted to run a knobby again in the future and Bart's like, nope, you're DNF. You're not doing it. I'm going... I want a tire. If I want a knobby tire, I'm running a knobby tire. And he's like, look at this one. You're just DNF, you know, like, I'm like, right. All right. <laughs> so I had to run a desert the whole time, which, which for me, it was harder in the dunes, like a lot harder. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Is that just, what you ride on your bikes here in Australia? I just ride whatever's like left what? in the dump in at the bloody tip yeah, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever recycled tire you yeah, can find whatever i can find yeah um nah but like 
I'd done a lot of riding on desert tires. Um, yeah, of course. Not, not Mitchy deserts, but like a lot of like on the miters and and um, golden tires and stuff like that 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 Andrew had been helping me out with. Yeah, rally, rally spec. So yeah, yeah. Um, we've got one of them too, and it's a it's a great tire. The golden tire. It is. Tire. It is. But it um like a bit softer compound and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like the Mitchy deserts and the and the miters that I've been using, they're like rock hard. Like mm-hmm. the EO9s, like you know, you'll just you'll never wear them out. But there's less in the on the miters EO9s and that there's less that, that bit less traction and stuff you know like yeah. um, uh, the Michi Deserts they 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 haven't got a high knob on them and stuff like that so it's just it's almost like you're trying to you know uh, like the back of a spoon over over the sand you know what I mean like it's yeah. it's just sort of like you're trying to get traction you ain't getting yeah ain't getting anything it's all momentum. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, it's like you're taking a sports tire from a sports bike onto a you know, onto just an enduro track. There's yeah, not yeah. much grip on the dirt there. Exactly. So, so it just sort of meant like I just it was probably a good thing because it made me keep my momentum as mm. I was going, and and always in my head I was like, well, if I stop, I'm just yeah. gonna dig a hole. Which is which is crazy. What we we're talking about before about like how you ride these rally bikes and mechanical sympathy, which is my favorite thing kind of goes out the window when you ride a rally bike oh, yeah. you have to ride it hard yep. you have to hit that limiter you have to high revving yeah because yeah, that's where sure. that's where you get the power from it and that's yep. like yourself and um ben young and grabo and all these guys who've ridden these rally bikes says you've got to hit you've just got to hit yep. it hard and you do and you got to keep them like you know if you're not in the meat of it you don't lug them you just like you no. just drop a gear and just rev it yeah yeah and that's and that like that took me a little bit to get used to I take anybody um, that's that's you know, got some like, mechanical sympathy yeah. and even Nido kept carrying on about it like he's like I don't know I'm too scared I'm like it's got 12 days this boy's got to get through and Hank the the like the manager of the Hasfarner team's like just rev it you know like yeah, well, they that's do, what they're built for they do oil samples as you said every yeah, day every to day make sure how it's going samples, like see what the motor's like but these bikes yep. are made for torture yep. they're made for rally yeah I don't think Yamaha check their oil actually <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they check their fuel. There goes that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> they don't check their fuel either, but that's no. another thing we won't get yeah. into. But um, yeah, so th- these bikes, as you said, they need to be ridden, and that's why you need to keep that momentum. And if you have to drop gear to keep going, you just drop gear. Yeah, and that and that's exactly right. You just keep them, keep them wedged, keep them, keep them revving, keep them in the meat. Um, yeah, Which is so, beautiful because they sound amazing when they're full oh, noise, don't they, they? They do, and it it's funny. I never wore earplugs through the whole race because when I had the earplugs on. I found that it was more droney in my like you know how they're very drone type. Yep. I'd found that it was very droney in my head. If I pulled the earplugs out, it wasn't so droney. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm not wearing earplugs. Yeah, so I'm going to be deaf when I'm fifty. Yeah, Let's do yeah. this. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, okay. Well, look, mate, that's it's it's crazy to think that you know you went through these tires and and especially coming off with such an injury with your tricep. That's it's crazy to know that you can just get mentally tough to go. Okay, I'm just just got to keep going. If I don't think about it, I'm just going to keep going. And it didn't like it may have slowed you down from you know you you knowing it, but from our perspective, looking at the every day's results, it didn't slow you down at all. Yeah, and I suppose it is just a bit of a mental thing because it comes back to that you know like when you're riding smooth and smart, you're probably yeah. riding faster. Yeah. Um, Take um, it as a trail ride, and you'll be, you'll be way better than if you're trying to push yourself. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't like. Most of those days went pretty smoothly, except for day eleven, um, which we'll get to soon. But, but back to the injury, um, 
just like you've spoken to Youngy, you've spoken to everybody that's like pretty much done a Dakar in Australia and stuff like that. Everybody that ever does a Dakar does not get through it smoothly. No, there is no such thing as exactly. a smooth race. So I don't want to sort of like make it sound like that I've done some sort of heroic thing. It's, it is what it is. And when you're put in that position of, you know, getting to the end of a hundred and fifty thousand dollar rally, you you will get it done. Yeah, you will get it done. Whoever you are, because if you're there, you're there for a reason, and you understand that is reason, and you have those attributes. You will get it done. You know, youngies, broken wrist, you know, like Andrew, Burgess, broken wrist. Everything. Yeah, Burgess, no brain, you know, still <laughs> still got to the end. Things like that, you know it, what I mean? It needs a huge, I mean, even Toby Price. People know Toby Price yep. when, he, when he did his wrist. That thing was shattered and like, it will never be the same again, yep. but he fucking pushed through. Yep. And I guess that's what Dakar is though. Yep. Dakar is not just how good you can ride a bike. It's how tough you are as a motherfucker to get through it at the same well, time. You just got to break it down. Like like in Youngie's podcast, how he went on about, righto, I can still ride. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's break this down. If I can get get home, but back to the bivouac, that's, that's goal number one. Yep. All right. If I can get on the bike, if I can get to the start of the stage, I'll reassess it then. Right, if I can get through the stage, great. Got back to the bivouac another day. Yep. You know, you've just got to break it down, those small milestones. And, and that's how I run everywhere, like Fink, uh, cross country, you know, like all those sorts of things. I just break it down. Yeah, it's what you got to do. You, you like those small victories, as mm. they always say, to get that big goal is what you need to do. And yeah. uh, as I said, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. It, oh, that wasn't my, my, I can't absorb too much at once. That's, <laughs> I just can't take on too much. It just doesn't. <laughs> Overcomplicate it. You ain't no rain man. You ain't figuring out <laughs> things. It's like, yeah, one sentence is the time for Bird yep. Joe. Right. Well, look, <laughs> that's a great way to look at it, though. Um, yeah, but yeah, okay. So, like, let's get to day eleven. Like, yep. we've 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 day eleven on your video was you described it as kind of one of those that I think you even said it was the toughest day that you had that I had. Yeah, yep, yep. There are other riders like it was not his favorite day. Yeah, um, but for me, nothing worked. Like, I I started off um, like like reasonably okay. I had a good starting position that day. I think I come off a twenty eighth or something like that. Yep. Um, so my starting position yep. was was pretty good, um, and I rode quite well for the first seventy k's until I made a small mistake in the road book. I turned, I went around a rock too far, and then turned out, and I sort of grabbed. I missed a cap reading in the note second notes, so I was heading to, like in the wrong direction. And I corrected that quite quick. And then I went. And then there was a lot of uh, riders that had made heaps of mistakes near this power line. Right. And I nailed that. So, and this is things I forget because I actually rode the first half of that day really, really well. Um, then when we'd got through that part, um, that's when it sort of it turned to shit for me where I just sort of, I'd... Just couldn't get anything in my head to work. Like so, I'd read the road book and it'd say a cap reading at two seventy, and I'd go off at one eighty. You know, mm. like, and you're just like, I'd come back to it and I'd look at it again, and then I'd do the same thing. Yeah. So then I'm like, I just threw the tail in. I'm like, righto, just follow the tracks. 
you know, and don't mind you, tracks aren't always right. No, because yeah. we're not the only people out there, by the way, too. There are, like, um, full drives. Like, Sardis just love getting out in the desert. So where you go off on a cap reading, there might be five tracks going that direction. Okay, so it'll say cap moy, more or less. And you'll go off on the one, and you'll see quite often everybody's gone off on one and then all of a sudden you're getting off the cap and they shoot across <laughs> to another one, you know, like, and so it gets, it's quite often like that. So if you're not fully paying attention, you can be gone the wrong way. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'd done this several times. So then I started following tracks and I couldn't even follow tracks properly. Wow. I was just cooked. My brain was just fried. And, was it hot? Um, it wasn't bad. You no. know, like most of the days were the good, during the day was 26. It was those cold, cold mornings. Yeah. That, that, Foggy mornings too, yeah, 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 cold, yeah, fog yeah, mornings. Um, but during the day, nice days. Yeah, right. Uh, then I got out and I got lost in these canyons. So I, I don't know what I was doing, but I might as well have just made up my own road book. Like wow. I'd ridden off, turned up another up a canyon way, and then turned again. Just gone full sightseeing. Just, just yeah, just oh, let's go this way. Anyway, to a point where I was like lost lost you know i'm lost lost like i can't even see a chopper so i sort of and then i started coming back on my own tracks because i tried to reroute a couple of times i'd reroute or whatever you want to say um i'd (laughs) followed wrong my tracks back and because i'd made so many tracks i was getting lost on my own tracks shit so i got to i found a high point and i just stopped and I just sort of sat there and, you know, like I was, I was a bit emotional. I'm like, fucking hell, you've come this far to do this, you idiot. Mm. And then I, I looked and way off I could see a chopper, like miles away. And then I saw dust, just a little bit of dust. And you can't always be guaranteed with dust because it could be a local. Yeah, well, as you said, just some, some kids having fun in the forest, in the, in, the yeah. forest in the desert. desert. Yeah. And it was in amongst all those big canyons and that. So I'm like... Well, uh, there's somebody there. Mm. So I went that way, and then I saw, as I was heading that direction, a vehicle, like a car. And I'm like, whoa, I've really stuffed today up. So it's just a normal civilian car? No, 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 like the leader. The rally car. The leader. Ooh. So I'm like, righto, well, he's going the right way. So I went, got on him, followed him for a bit until I got the road book back, and I was in the right spot on the road book, and I just... And then another car come. And then another car come. And when you start getting caught by the cars, man, it is just terrible. Like, it's just like you can't see and mm. you've got to slow down, which means the next car catches you. And so it's pretty it's pretty bad. And, and they're like a whirlwind, um, especially like in the dusty stuff. In the dunes, it's like something you never, ever, like, you've got to be there to appreciate it. Like watching those cars go over the dunes and the sound of the car. And, yeah, right. And watching them tip it over and like slightly jump them. And, and I got the opportunity to ride through the um, dunes with Peter Hansel for a fair while there. That would have been amazing. Yeah, because they're a bit slower in the dunes than what they are in the fast stuff. Um, but just, yeah, unbelievable. It was really, really something. Like that was that was another really memorable moment. Yeah, you know? that's another. I'm a Dakar kind of moment. Yeah, for you, yeah, you know? for sure. You know, um, so yeah. So I saw the day out. I don't know how. I can't recall all of it. It was just. But I know that that was a day when I come in and I was just a little bit down on myself. You know, like I'm like, um, I just couldn't focus. Mm. So 
But in saying that, anyone that has done Dakar can relate to that day that they have, whether it was day three, day five. For me, it was day 11, and it happened to be the longest day of the race. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that sort of um, killed me a bit. I can't give anybody an explanation of why I was like that. Um, it just, nothing worked. Yeah. And so... Do you believe it was just all mental? Like it wasn't a physical thing? It was just an all mental play- mind game? Oh, I just think that I was, yeah, like my body was fine. Yeah. Like I got off the bike, I was fine. But I just, my head it was just cooked. Yeah. So, um, so that's something that like I'd like to find why and maybe try and hone in on that to... A sports, a sports psychologist or something like that to try and figure out what's going on. Oh, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think you should talk to a shrink though, man. They'd probably tell you yeah, to, no, to no, not no, do no, anything. No, no, yeah. They'll just say, back off. <laughs> no, they're going to put you straight into asylum, bro. Yeah. Probably don't go talk to a professional about your feelings. Yeah, no. Hell no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we roll into the last day, um, yeah. which was a short stage and it had poured rain. Yeah, it got 20 Ks areas. off. Yep. 20Ks got cut, which you did not care about at all. Nope, didn't worry <laughs> me at all. But I'd done a few... I, every day I didn't care about what my position was ever. I never never paid attention to it. There was talk about it on the day, end of day six on rest day and stuff like that. Um, but I was never focused on that. Mm-hmm. It was only that short period there in the middle where I was like, well, I'm doing well here. Let's step it up a notch. Um, but I never came in and looked for my result. Right. Never, ever. Um the end of day 11, we had a discussion about it. Um, As in, like, how you are going to attack the last day? or Just like, like, just like Bart was very much on, you've made it this far, you know, just make Is that sure. because you talked to him about what happened on day 11? Um, yeah, I did speak about it. Yeah. But it was just like, you just get through the day. Yeah. You know, get the job done, you're nearly there. Right, okay. Um, yeah. So I sort of did a bit of research on the overall results. Had a bit of a look. I was 13 minutes in front of the young fella that I actually crashed beside. Um, oh, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And Spearings had an error on me. So I'm like, I'm not going to catch Spearings. Mm-hmm. And I really don't need the, the young fella who was the 13 minutes in front of me actually started one minute in front of me. Right. So I was like, sweet. I just need to watch what he's doing. So, that's what I did. I just rode smart for the last day. I, I pulled a little bit of time on him and then watched him. And I just stayed off his dust for the whole day. Not that there was dust because like, I just... Because yeah. it had been raining. But yeah. there was dust in spots. Don't yeah. get me wrong. No. Um, I just stayed off off his... You know, off. I didn't try and pass him. I didn't try and catch him. I just made sure I knew where he was. And I did that for the remainder of the race until I rolled in and I knew that I'd confirmed. Because I wasn't going to I wasn't going to make an error. No. I wasn't going to jump up a full position. You, you couldn't Bradbury that one. No. But there was potential to lose a position. Yeah. So I'm like, just be smart. Yeah. You know, and that's what I did, and I enjoyed it. It was heavy sand. It was heavy sand in rocks. Um, like, it was weird. You're in the middle of dunes, and they, there'd be a danger. Rocks. And I'm like, you're in the middle of dunes. Sure enough, rock formation <laughs> in the middle of yeah. dunes. And you're like, whoa, this is mad. Yeah. Um, but very scenic, once again, a scenic stage. Uh, day 11 and day 12 were very scenic. Like most days were bloody scenic. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yes. The, the, yep. the, the footage you see, absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, yeah. And just just so those last few Ks coming through where it got a little bit faster and there's a bit of a jump at the end and stuff like that. Like it was just 
But when I went over the line, like I got over the line and I was like, is that it? Wow. You know, like I was expecting more if that, like as in... Like more, like more riding to do, you oh, know not, what I mean? Not like, like more crowds or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you know? yeah. So, and well, we, so we rode another sort of couple of Ks and then we come to a stop where the, where people were. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like, because of COVID, there wasn't thousands there. No, yeah. You, you kind of missed that, didn't you? Yeah. So, so it sort of, it was a very much, um, when you were finished, you were like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. Like I wanted my family to be there and stuff like that. As you do, this is your, you just finished Dakar. Yeah, and and they weren't, and you know, like like I was super stoked. Um, but when I'd stopped and finished the stage, I didn't ring anybody. I didn't do anything. I because you're not finished until you hand your time card in. Yeah, of course. So you have to do that final liaison. So I just got on like the people are wanting to interview you and all that sort of stuff. So I did two interviews and saw a couple of people I knew and, you know, like got a couple of photos taken and then I'm like, I'm going. I've only got 13 minutes. I've got to go. I've got to go. I'm going. So I took off. Um, So I rode back to, and it was only 134 Ks and it was the longest 134 Ks of my life. And everybody says that, like, you know, that I was talking to that was in the, in the event. So, so I got back, um, you hand your time card in, then I rang Cal and the, and the kids and that, and, you know, like, and it was probably quite late back at home here and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah um, just, yeah, I was, I was finished. Was, is, is like, was that like an overwhelming kind of moment for you that you'd finished Dakar? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was like, but not what I expected. Right, okay. You know, like, I don't know, like, I was sort of, um, it was great, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, I didn't feel like I'd finished Dakar. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. You I don't, don't know? know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I said earlier, like, it was, wasn't until I'd got out of quarantine. quarantine and all that sort of stuff where, where I had, where I'd actually really felt like, and looking at this little thing here that's in front of us, the uh, medallion, like, now, and looking at it and going well there's like only 20 i think australians that have got one of these babies yeah yeah less than that but do you also think that maybe now dakar you still it's a huge marathon thing to do dakar like yep. it's mental physical we've talked about that do you think that maybe you had built it up in your head so big leading up to it that it was maybe bigger than what it actually was for you to complete it yeah, it could be. Um, it's just like I put a lot of work into it. You know, well, five it, years, five years of saving exactly. and dedication to get to it. Then all of a sudden, you finish it. You're like, oh fuck! Well, like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. Like you know, like, it wasn't like there's party poppers going off and all that sort of shit. And you know, <laughs> like you got to do the fi- final ceremony and that, which was grouse. Yeah, we saw you ride um, up there with your team and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, and it was that. Don't get me wrong, it was all awesome. But it wasn't like, um, you know, Fink, you know, you got a rum can in your hand and all that sort of stuff afterwards. But you like, said it was your friends and family of Fink, whereas here you kind of ride into, like, uh, you know, friends. Don't yeah, get me wrong, there's in friends. In country, you're not allowed to drink, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So so that party was taken away, if that makes any sense. So, But it, then there's also the stress, now you've got to get home. So in the back of your mind, you're like, fuck yeah, I've done Dakar. Now the biggest my, challenge is about to start getting home. Yeah. So, Maybe if there wasn't that challenge to get home, your family was at the event, it may have been a bit more of a like, oh, I've done this, I've finished yeah. Dakar, blah, 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 which is what we were talking about with Chucky. It's kind of taken that celebration yeah. away yeah. from you. Yeah. And also when you came back to Australia, 
it took it away from you. Because like when Toby Price came back after winning and stuff, people were flooding him at the airport yep. because we were allowed to go to the airport. He was able to do interviews straight after he got off the plane. You guys fought your asses off to get back into the country and, yep. and it, like more stressful than probably Dakar. Oh, and it was. And that week after Dakar was, it was worse than the actual race. Yeah. Like I'd got off the, I'd finish my podium finish, come back, and then um, Skyler's like, "Hey, bro, do you realize that they've cancelled all the flights?" Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "When's your flight?" And I'm like, "On the 21st." And he goes, well, "You won't be flying home on that flight." And I'm like, "Far out." Yep. So anyway, so it was just stress after stress, and like Chucky and I weren't together. He and he's messaging me like, um, "Man, I'm I, I don't know what to do," and I'm yeah. like, "Well, I don't know what to do," but I'm trying to just sort of say, "It's okay, man. Like, we'll work it out." And it was seriously shit yeah um which like, took all the shine off what you just fucking put yep. your entire life through to get through yeah it's taken away because now you can't get back to australia you can't get home yep yep and i'm there and i'm going just chucky's gone to um dubai get me to dubai and cal my wife's going she's in australia obviously she's going well you can't because if you forfeit this short flight from um, Jeddah to Dubai, you're going to forfeit your whole flight home. Uh, um, like, cause I was on the waiting list for flights and I'm like, well, I don't care. I've got to be at the Dubai airport otherwise. So, you know, like we're sort of arguing about shit and it was just like, I'm on my own. I'm not even with my teammate, like your yeah. other Aussies. Um, Andrew had his flight, which was later. Um, so anyway, we were lucky enough to get a flight to Perth through a cancelled tennis player, mind you. We won't talk about that. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want players. to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I I got the flight to Perth, um, and then Chucky and that, we... To Singapore, didn't to we? To Singapore, yeah. yeah. So we got him a flight to Singapore the week later, um, but when that one popped up, um, yeah, he, he, like, it was just like, get on, go, go, get out of yeah, it. Yeah, I think he was saying that he was... He was down having beers and having yeah, a big yeah, party, yeah. and all of a sudden they said, yeah. "Oh, your flight's ready. You got to go now." He's like, "Fuck off, boys!" And just like yeah. let legged it to the airport. Yeah, yeah. We were all together, and we're just like, "Shit!" So, like, I'd only just checked into the motel that he was staying at the night before, and we're like, "Well, we've got a couple of days. Let's just chill," you know. Like, and he's like, "I know there's an Aussie bar here." So, and he goes, "Oh, it's like three k's down the road." Seven k's later, or whatever it was, <laughs> of walking, and it was humid. And anyway, so we've waltzed into this bar, and there's a dude sitting there, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, boys, we're closed." And I'm like, "Oh, sorry, mate, it said open at nine a.m. Like it said open." Um, and he's like, "You boys Aussies?" And we're like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Want a beer?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so, "You have no fucking idea, mate." Chucky's like, "What do you got?" You know, so <laughs> so yeah, so we kicked back there and um and had beers, and then got, got to onto Perth. the. Yeah, got onto the boys, um, the other, uh, the the Red Bull fellas and that, yeah. and they came down and and yeah, hung with us and yeah, it was it was a it was a good, you know, time till lunchtime, and then the phone call come through and Chucky's like, "What do you reckon?" I'm like, "Go, man, go." Yeah, like, yeah. Why would you question it? Yeah, kind of yeah. thing. This is your way to get home. Mm. So yeah, they they. They, they shot through. And then that was it. You were stuck in hotel quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, got on my flight. Um, got back to Perth. Yeah, quarantine in Perth. And that was, yeah, like, just hell. Um, and then then 
Perth went into a five-day lockdown when I was there. So when I went to fly home I, on my last day, I couldn't stay in the motel I was in. Oh, they, shit. They don't allow you to stay because they've got a, like, the rooms have to be free for 72 hours after. To some, clean it, the deep clean, clean or whatever the hell it's called. So I had to go outside of the red zone. So I had to get a taxi 100Ks out of the red zone into the green zone, which where there was a bushfire at. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I know where you yeah. went. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, right. So you could then, have stayed at my mum's house. She's oh, just down really? the road. Yeah. So then, and then I got the taxi back into the airport, and like we'd looked at staying at the airport, but the airport's not a twenty-four hour airport, so you can't sleep there. And oh, it was just anything you came up with, you could like. It was just a nightmare to try and organise. Now I'm also assuming that this is a huge additional cost as well. So like yep. a huge All additional cost. Yep. Yep, everything and like and so then because all my flights got changed around, even down to the little things of right, I got eighty kilos of luggage to bring home from Perth because I'd and mind you, we had to fly first class or business yeah. class for everything. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because not, otherwise, not by choice, but you had to book it, otherwise they wouldn't let you go cattle that's right. class. They wanted paying top price paying people. Yeah. That's right. So that was the only way that you, you could wing it. But there was no guarantees and like you can't, you know what I mean? We needed a guarantee that I was going to get to wherever I was going to go. Yeah. Um, so then when I'm coming on the flight back to Perth, which was pretty much, you know, like buddy chooks beside me, um, like I've, I've got to go and pay for extra luggage and all that sort of stuff. And it was you just... You had to pay for extra luggage even though it was a, wasn't a full flight? Yeah. Well, get this. It wasn't a full flight, right? They can't because they do it by how many heads were on a plane. Yeah, yeah, that's it, because of COVID. All the middle seats are blocked out. I'm sitting beside some Sheila that I don't even know, like, touching her. Do you know what I mean? Arm to arm. And I'm just like, I've just gone and done this massive drive, one hour, paid for a cab, got the cabbie, convinced him to come back when he's telling me he's going to drink grog all night and stuff like that. And I'm like, he's giving me his number, and I'm like, I'll be ringing you, man. Like, don't you get a hangover and don't come get me. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, so got back into got back into the airport just everything was just amplified everything to was me. just stacking up against you exactly and then you end up getting on a flight sitting next to some girl yeah after trying to you, they're not like letting everybody on the flight and you full, have the, all this quarantine stuff all the paperwork all the apps you've got to fill out and hell. then you just get on and you're sitting right smack bang beside someone you don't know where, where they've come from you know like i had no problem with it but I guess you were safe though because you'd done your quarantine, so you knew you were okay. I don't know where she came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, you don't know where this window lick is from. She, exactly. And she's bloody here, she is like touching you, asking you how a Dakar was. Yep. And you're like, look, lady, calm <laughs> down. <laughs> He's up, come look, on. Look, just because I finished Dakar, you I know. Can't, like, I know. the groupies have started, but I need at least Did I get tell home. you that it was at that bullying board you saw me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, think oh, I, I think I told you. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you look at the dirt bike Bruno, that's how you know that yeah, I'm famous. Must be. <laughs> Is that my shirt you're wearing? Or she'd been watching Red Bull and saw that you were the Fink winner and she was like, oh, baby. Oh, come on. We're not allowed to make jokes about that. Um, We will always make jokes about that. Um, So, yeah, and then you made it home. And then then I guess, yeah, you're right. You stepped off the plane. You saw your missus and it was like, it would have been an amazing motion. It was good. But, you know, even so, we're there. We're still doing COVID protocol stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're hugging each other from six feet away. Yeah. You know, Uh, like, it's just all, like... Obviously, like, I gave them all the cuddle and stuff like that in the airport, but it was still, you, yeah, just just didn't have the shine that 
you'd really yeah you, love you're meeting to have. the loved ones with a mask on so you can't actually see their face yep. which is which is a weird thing too I think people realize that now like trying to gauge that facial expressions and that kind of you know that affection yep. when you have a face mask on is, is really lost so yep. yeah it would have been really hard and then that's when your body was like all right now fucking let's get sore and it, when you wanted to try and celebrate doing Dakar yeah so then when we got home oh the celebrations well Cal had tried to organise this celebration, which they decided to do a five-day lockdown. So it was a, a so she did a right. uh, like made up a thing and sent out to people to come to a uh, like a like um, a surprise, and that got shut down. So so I ended up going with like three or four mates to the pub, had a had a handful of beers and had a meal and stuff like that and. And just talking to people and telling them about it, and you know, and and that sort of that's where, that's where it sort of started to hit home. You know what I'd done, and and, and people re- reiterating it to you know, going, it was you know, you did a good job, you know, like mm. so that feel good type talk is where I was like, oh, yeah. After gross. after after this, mate, you're gonna walk home back to the house, fucking chest out. Like, yeah, 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 old peacock. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did complete Dakar. Fuck you, door, and just yeah, kick yeah, it yeah, open, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah, proud proud of what, and mind you, I'm always like proud of what we achieved. You know, like yeah. there's so many people that played a part in what we did, and and um, like even you boys, you know, like just that, just that, telling the story. Everything helps yeah. um, with what we're trying to achieve to the point that, uh, yeah, I want to go back. Well, this is the thing. You want to go back. Mm. You're ready to go back. I'm ready to go back. You're ready to get back out there, spend two weeks in a fucking isolation. Oh, easy, Spend easy. two that's, weeks that's on the, the isolation. Yeah, no, 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 you no, said no. you're yeah, ready yeah. to go back, I'm ready brother. to go back for Dakar. Um, so, well, then that mean will you go back for Dakar if we're in the same situation as we are now? I. That's a hard one. Of So... I've officially committed to Dakar next year, but it will come down to that two-week quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's a lot of discussion to be had, so I'm already like I'm already on the list. Like I've already committed to the team to Bass Dakar again, mm-hmm. um, and they've got some good things in store for me. Um, I've committed so that I've if I commit now, I know what I'm doing. Um, now I don't bank everything on sponsors and stuff like that, but I do need a lot of assistance to pull this one off. Yeah. Um, but in the same token, I am also willing to take out a bank loan. I am also willing to sell the rest of your kids. I think you've got a couple yeah, yeah, left. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll just make some more. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I might have a couple in a couple of other States too. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to do a bit of yeah, well, that one set. back from Perth, you know, that little yep. fangirl. I don't you know got. whether I'll look into that though, because that might cost me money. So. Yeah. And, and, and that one thinks you're the Fink winner. So you don't want to be yeah, going yeah. back to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. So you're just going to do whatever it takes now to get yep. back over there. Yep. But like, in all seriousness, if we are still in this two-week isolation for coming back international, because Australia, New Zealand bubble may open up soon, but like, like the bubble over there is, is not going to open up, man. Like, nah, nah. Um, it just like I want to see what's going to happen with this injection and all that sort of stuff. What that does to our uh, to our travelling. Yeah. Um, and just I'm just not sure on how I'm going to combat that. That's the big question mark bit. So if there is a pullout, that'll be why. And so how long were you away for, for last Dakar? Like away from home? Seven weeks. Fuck, you know, mm. that's what you're looking like in, in seriousness. That's what you're looking at now though, isn't it? 
Yeah, I don't think I'll go over as early. You won't? No. Um, I'd like, I like. I think it's the best thing to go over early, but I'll also, um, like, I'd like to do... It's not fair on my kids to do two Christmases away from them, no. I, I think. You know. not, not fair to your family um, for no, seven weeks. No. Not fair to your business. Not when it's a, not when it's a choice. Like, I respect people that do it for work and all that sort of stuff. Yep, no worries. All, um, all the people mining and stuff like that, like, that's their life, and unfortunately, that's what they've got to do, but... I chose to go over before Christmas this year to get myself prepared and, and acclimatised and stuff like that. But I think if I flew over on the 26th, I would be... But we're still talking a month. Yeah. You know. Um, would you take Would you take the missus? Or do you need her here more for logistics? Well, we're just looking at that now. So that would certainly be a bonus in, in lockdown. Oh, would it? Um, yeah, okay. For um, for company mm-hmm. and, you know, playing cards. Mm-hmm. And, and to protect you from crazy women on planes, all that kind of yep, stuff. Yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yep, yeah, yep. So, yeah, that that would be a big help. Yeah. Um, but as saying, if you're in that isolation crap, she was, like, detrimental to getting you a home over here. Like, if it wasn't was. for her here, you would have not got home. Yep. Or would have, it would have been a ten times more stressful thing. One good thing, my, my wife used to like work at a travel agent so she sort of knows uh, how the system yeah. works so she's like when she's telling me not to panic i'm still panicking but like she's just like just leave it with us so yeah. um yeah and we had um we had some great people doing doing groundwork like working in with kel so yeah yeah but she she knew what she was doing and it was great having her on on the ground here but also with with her with phones and stuff like that um you know on the internet like I'm sure she would have pulled it off overseas as well. Yeah, well, then no excuse. I think now you also you owe her probably a uh, a first class a first class ticket over to Dubai as well. So you can't be flying her cattle class because she's no, gonna be like, no, I'll I'll sit down the back and yeah, she, yeah, she yeah, can yeah. go up front. You're way down the yeah. back. But like you know, so we did spend 150 thousand nearly on the knocker. Jesus, there we go. Well, we, right. we dropped the money. There it is, 150 k. Boom. So you've got 150 k, and I mean people have to realize you also did it. COVID, so yep. 150k COVID. Yep, that's 150k COVID. So there's 12 grand's worth of flights yep, there. There it is that we can reduce. Uh, pro- well, it actually be more than that because of the extra f- isolation but, fees. But my, my, my main flights from Oz over there and stuff like that, and home, a return flight. That main flight there and return was 12 grandish. Jesus. Um, other things that I don't have to buy for a second time, like I got really good, the really good Klim overpants and all that sort of stuff. So you got a thousand dollars worth of uh, gear. gear. Um, my jacket that I didn't actually get to wear because they sent me the wrong size, and no, oh, wasn't no. their stuff up. It was a bit of a miscommunication. That was a thousand dollars. I already had. They remade me another one, so I have that jacket. Um, I have. So I have everything. But yeah. the helmet, you're getting a new helmet though, surely. You vomited in your one. I washed it. I... Mm. It was so pretty though. You're going to have to just put it into a... In, but like, I, had, I don't need to buy two helmets. Like I've, I, had, I got two helmets. You need two of everything. Mm. Um, you know, so like I won't be buying two of everything again. Um, just one of know, everything like, now. Well, if you've got if three one, then. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all. I've got, I got a heap of helmets. But yeah, like ones, like it has to be spot on. Yeah. You know, like, you can't get over there and... And what and, about the vest? Yeah, the air vest. So, I've got the Alpine Star air vest, which is, um, uh, yeah, well, there's 1,600. Yeah. And you did know. you did you find it not an issue after a while with riding nah, it No, like, I, I hated it beforehand, which I put up posts up about that. And then, 
And then, like, after day one, when there was all those prickles and I saw all the rocks and that, and I'm like, the potential to come off in those rocks, which was fast, I'm like, you know what? I don't mind this thing. <laughs> and then it went off a couple of times. You're yeah. like, I really like this thing. I really thing. like this thing. I like know? this thing. Yeah. Why don't we all have one of yeah. these? And to be honest, I am a big supporter of it being the future. Um, they're going to get better with their technology. Yeah, of course. Um, and the algorithms of how they go off. Um, so they can set, a, set an air vest to, so example, different speed riders or people like so for some people they could set it that it just goes off when you flip over um sideways you know as in like a Skylar Howe he didn't like it like that so he wanted it to be a bit more and needed a little bit more impact than that so you you can set them to different algorithms for different people Mm -hmm. um and the technology is going to get better. They're going to get lighter. They're going to get more Thinner, refined. Yeah. yeah. And they'll, soon they'll they'll just be nearly just a large skins vest, I reckon. Oh, but it's the same as like neck braces too. Before when the first neck braces yeah. came out, they used to be the big collars. And now they're these really thin streamlines. Refined the things. layout ones are just, they're perfect. Like I, I use them and you yeah. can't, hardly even notice you got them on. Yeah. And, and the good thing is like, because I can't ride rally. Like I hated a neck brace, so I didn't wear one, which is obviously like what, was an issue at Fink, but at least I didn't break a collarbone. But with that, with the air vest, they actually do have the, it comes up to support your head as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, so they're to protect your internal organs yep. and your neck and your back. And it would have been interesting to know if you had been wearing one at, when you had your crash at Fink, what could have been the outcome then? Yeah. Well, it would have, I would just went over boom. Boom, like a <laughs> just bounce down the road. <laughs> yeah. You end up breaking your ass because you yeah. flip from your head onto your ass yeah. and land it all. But everyone's got a funny story about their air vest. Like, because what happens is a couple of times there when you've just done a fall over. So I think I dropped and fell over maybe seven times slash crashed. So they're, they're the like a rally. slow speed yep. kind of one. Like yep. gone over a, a dune and and the front wheel got sucked up a bit and I've just fallen over the front of the bike. And then boom. Yeah, and it's that's what it's like. It's like boom. And you're just there and you can't move your arms and you're trying to, like, it's it's like 15 seconds that the thing's inflated for and then starts going down. So, you know, 15 seconds, you've gone over the bar, so it's understood that you're upside down, your body is. It's gone off. So sometimes it's gone off before you've actually hit the ground. Yeah, right. So you're like, boof. And then you're trying to pick up this 200 kilo <laughs> bike, like SpongeBob, like your arms can't go down, t- can't touch a leg, you know, like... So- <laughs> Because like I remember the like when you when we used to work offshore, you used to wear these really thin life vests that yep. used to just kind of and then yeah they'd pop out. And the funny thing would be like you'd, you'd get off the barge or whatever, and you'd be walking to the you know up the rig, and you had to climb maybe twenty sets of st- like ladders to fuck someone off before you start climbing. You'd run over and grab old mate's life vest and boom, and the <laughs> life vest would go off. So they'd, they'd look like SpongeBob, and they're trying to climb this ladder up the. <laughs> So, well, that's exactly that's man, exactly what, it's, what like. it's just like one of those inflatable life jackets. It just comes up, takes over your neck. You can't see anything. You can't fucking move. Yeah, no, I could imagine on a motorbike it would just be the worst thing to try and move around with. Yeah, nah. So, but for safety, you have to it's, it's a future, and and I hope in years to come that it is brought into Fink. But they do need to be refined, like those races like Fink and stuff like that. I think they need to be there, but not yet. You know, like, is, do you think it's too fast? Think well, it wouldn't react in the speed of it. No, no, no. It would, it, it would do its job. I just there's that comfort thing. You know, like, um, so and like, price, like sixteen hundred bucks for something. Yeah, there like, are cheaper ones. Yeah, um, but I mean, you want. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's there's cheaper helmets. Yeah, there's yeah. cheaper. So, but like, what price do you put on safety? But for me, 
I just like and comfort and feel and all that sort of stuff. I just think that they need to like once they've refined them over the next couple of years. I think you'll find that they're in every like they'll be mandatory in every race. Well, I, I look. I honestly don't see the issue if it's something safe that's going to save us yeah. riding. I mean, yeah. the same as neck braces. Neck braces were uncomfortable, and in, in a way, they are kind of are. They, they yeah. do restrict you, but like fuck if it's gonna save your neck and people are like oh it's just gonna move the injury to something else well yeah i'd fucking snap a collarbone before i snap my neck you know what i'm saying like <laughs> coming from the guy that broke almost broke his neck bro you should be the one saying would you rather have that collarbone or your neck i've broken two collarbones and they hurt yeah but like your neck how did that go well it didn't hurt as bad as a collarbone it was just there <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we agree to disagree. I think I would much prefer to keep my neck. I, I've got a real big head, though, so I'm like a bobble head. So when I come off, my fucking head goes all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Mine's just like a brick. You'd think I would have known it was snap because it didn't want to hold, like, you know. Dunk. <laughs> it just fucking kept falling yeah. on you. But look, man, we've taken up, like, we've fucking taken yeah, up so I know. much we're, shit. So, oh, no one's going to listen to this shit, man. Uh, apparently they do. Oh. Apparently they do. Uh, yeah, you, Houlihan, and uh, and um, Chucky, we, like, we thank you so much for taking us along with you, Dakar. It was absolutely, it's a huge privilege well, for us, man. We one can't of my thank things, man, is, is that it's not something that everybody's going to do. Um, I believe that if you, you want to get there, it's possible for anybody. But there's a lot of people that will never go there that just are happy to be a spectator and all that sort of stuff. And there's not enough information out there. There's mm-hmm. not enough experiencing it and stuff like that. Um, and next year... Like, I'm hoping to be able to, um, as much as I hated doing those daily things, I knew that people were watching them. Man, um, yeah, people love them. Yeah, and, and they were. And, and I was trying to give them something that, that they don't normally get, um, even though it was just a quick short clip. Because um, I'd always have trouble loading it. So quite often, like, I'd, I'd um, make one and it'd be too long or whatever and it wouldn't load up. Right, and, yeah. So, and I'm getting, you can picture me getting frustrated as all shit and then I'd be like, ringing Kelly going, bloody won't load. And then she'd be like, send it to me in Messenger. I'm going, wait, I'm sending you a Messenger. Yeah, yeah, it's like, too so big, yeah. Email it. And I'm just, nah, I'm not doing it. Not, yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, but it, we, we did get them, um, yeah, got them through. So hopefully next year, uh, like our aim is, is to try and get Kel there with us so she can do a bit more documentation. I did a lot of recording when I was at start lines and stuff like yeah, that. But you just, were great. Um, and I'll try and film other people and whatever, and we'll try and get a lot more info out there. So I guess you also have to balance. So you are a racing Dakar. Yeah, you know, you've got to still stay focused on. Yeah, Dakar. which yeah, it's, it's it's you have to find that balance. Yeah, which is why if I've got someone there, and all I have to do is just record a bit of shit for a minute. Yeah, um, and then just say right, I, like when I get back, um, because to, at Dakar your time is very precious. We mm-hmm. went through um, how we. Uh, like I did my daily packs and all that sort of stuff, you know. That was already done in the previous episode, so make sure you go listen to them. Yeah, and like those, just time, time, save time. Yeah. Everything you can do, be efficient with that time. Um, so because you need that time where you aren't on your phone, where you aren't, where you, it's just you just need to You've be. Got able to limit to, your cry time after every every night, you know. Yeah, like yeah, limit yeah. It, yeah. Yep, limit it. <laughs> That's right. So. <laughs> but, mate, look, as we, we can't thank you enough. It's been an absolute privilege, not even from the podcast, just from everybody else, spectators, to be able to watch and get, like, daily updates because not many writers do that from any level. It's getting better now because of, like, obviously, social media. There are a lot yep. more people out there doing little daily vlogs or blogs. So, mate, for, for us to be to be a part of that and even just to hear them, it's an absolute privilege, man. Thank you so much. Oh, jeez, man. And, um, look, we've got three quick questions to end Ooh, this podcast. Right. 
now. You, you've heard all the episodes, mate. You should know these questions. The Burrito Trio. No, you can't you can't do this to me. Yes, I can. I've had no time to research. Exactly. I, I no. told you, I have a memory of a... No, we, this the, it's like people start overthinking these. You just got to fucking hit them. Right, here we go. Number one, most embarrassing crash or injury. Most embarrassing crash or... In, well, it'd nearly have to be the one at Dakar or with the... Yeah, that's easy, man. Really? Yeah, it was because like... The I'd one s- in front of everybody, 700 yep. metres down, yep. thinking you're going to launch it and just upside downing your body. Yep, yep. At Dakar, in front of everybody, like... And, and you know what? I cannot find that picture yet anyway. So, I've deliberately gone and done this, like, send it type thing and... Not a in- single bit of proof. That's, no, a, that's great. No, that's what you want. no. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad about it now, but but, but oh, no, I would like to see the footage of where... We all want to see that footage. Yeah. Um, so if anybody in the world, because I have got Sardis that have sent me through like their little Snapchat stories and that, on a dune in the middle of nowhere, but yet I can't get anybody that's wow. 700 metres from a start line. So I don't know if you saw last year when Ben Young did it, we got some some Saudi sent us a video of Ben Young crashing when he hit like the hidden yeah. route. Yep. Out of nowhere, like, because we were like, oh, look, this is Ben Young. He sent us that video, which I'm like, fucking share. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll get we'll get your video out there, well, mate. Someone, if we do, if, we're going to fucking if, play the shit out. If you're out listening, of- a little Saudi man, can you send it through to us? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you found my Garmin watch in the middle of Saudi, <laughs> which I lost. Oh, no. Can you send that back to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll send you some stickers and a t shirt. There <laughs> <Yeah>. we go. <laughs> All right, question two. Uh, Music that you like, music you listen to, like before um, races, after races. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a everything. I I, yeah. I I like. I'm pretty cruisy. I like listening to any sort of a music that suits what's going on around you at the time. So say say a race, it's more of a like upbeat, whether it's heavy metal or you know like hip hop or something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then, but yet, I'm still happy to sit around and and listen to Lee Kernigan as well. So yeah, yeah right, I, right, I'm, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cruisy. Yeah. Okay. So with the Lee Kernigan, you've very clearly said you've got no taste in music. Right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Shannon Knopf. He's that way too. Yeah, yeah go Nolsey. Yeah. yeah. I was playing. Yeah, Nolsey. Yeah, yeah. But he rides motorbikes, so next uh, level. Exactly. Anyway, um, shout out Nolsey. Uh, let's go for the last question. Golden ticket item. A golden ticket event. Anything outside motorcycles. You could go and do full support, full you know sponsorship. Any event outside motorcycles. <clears throat> do you want to play tennis? No, cross-country mountain bike. Cross country mountain biking. Yep. Right in Australia or in like Canada or like uh, through the Alps. Yeah, well, probably Australia first. But like, I, I love doing a lot of cross training um, with the on my mountain bike. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'll probably rack up fifty k's a week on on my mountain bike. Um, all cross country. I'm not any anything where the wheels leave the ground. I'm not real comfortable with. <laughs> Um, so it's very good. It's a very safe thing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah keep yeah, it on yeah. the ground. Yep, yep. My history of wheels leaving the ground don't really. Uh, no, not good. Yep, and especially when it's not so bad with a heavy motorbike, but when <laughs> when the bike is like very very light, yeah. I, I just don't know what to do. The with bike it. weighs the same as your handlebars, mate. Yeah. You don't want to be jumping that thing. No. So yeah, but yeah, cross country mountain bike riding, I love it. Um, and the other thing that I do touch the edges of because uh, my wife loves marathon running and she's done a few uh marathons overseas and stuff like that is she's actually wrote me into doing a you know like where you're running through the bush and all that sort of stuff so um survival (laughs) 
Well, I can actually tell you another full podcast story about something at Mount Buller where we where we uh, <laughs> turned into survival. But anyway, <laughs> we, we're not going to even get into that. No, no. Um, you know, like cross country running and stuff like that. Yeah, so, okay. So like long distance. Like biking and I'm, running, you. I'm love. no good at running, and I'm too heavy for that sort of long. Yeah, I was about to stuff, say, but, yeah. But that out will it just interests me. Yeah, okay. You know, I enjoy it. So, is there any event though for the cross country mountain biking that really gets you? No, no, just any event. No, yeah, just any event. All right, yeah. mate, that's a weird one. I, I could imagine you in 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 lycra. It'd look good. Mm. Yeah, riding through the fucking bush. Yeah, no, I don't wear lycra. Yeah, you do. I bet you do. Yeah. Seeing as your first thing, man, you're full lycra. <laughs> so, but I, I do get very sore in the <laughs> chafing. Well, mate, I'm the man for chafing. But also, you've got your Dakar medal here, mate. So yes. I'm having a quick look at it now. Yeah. Um, we'll post it up online. It says finisher on the back, number sixty three of three twenty. That's the build number of yeah. the actual of, of the, the medal. medal. Yeah, and it's a weighty thing. This is it way is. heavier than I was yeah, expecting. Yeah. So what are you going to do with it? Frame um, it. Give it to me. Which one? No, I'm going to aim to it's put heavy. one beside it. Oh, that's such a good, good thing. Yeah. But you're going to put a, a gold trophy, uh, a trophy beside it too, aren't you? A gold trophy beside it. What, one? The Dakar trophy. You know, yeah, the big, yeah. big fucking Dakar oh, trophy. The, I, I, was, I would like to put a mini Felix beside it. Ooh, that's so, a good, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, all right. That's, that's sort of, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not one for pushing at big goals, but I would like a mini Felix beside it. And how so, do you get a mini Felix, as we should tell people? Top 20. Oh yeah, it is. You were so close. Mm. You were close. Yeah, yeah. Look, and but there's so my thing is, is there's some simple things that I can fix um, to to like without riding any different. Yeah, maybe Just, not crashing. Yeah, and maybe maybe not speeding. <laughs> Maybe not fucking speeding too. So yeah, and there's just a few little simple errors that I did make on re- recapping of the race that I can actually change um, to to chop but hours I mean, off. It. But it's your first Dakar, mate. Like, like doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> that was such a stern look, my friend. I've never been more turned on a podcast. But no, yeah, I mean your first Dakar, you just got to appreciate what he does, man. Like everyone else, like yep, next year you're gonna go back and. You're probably going to make other mistakes too, because yeah, you'll be you so will. concentrating on what the mistakes you made last time. You're going to make whole new ones. Yeah, probably not the speeding one. You're probably going to get lost. <laughs> no, I definitely won't be making that. <laughs> Look, Burjo, thank you so much for your time, man. Cheers, absolute man. privilege. I enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully we can do some riding in Australia before you fuck off overseas. We're gonna have to. Yeah, you need bike time. Yes, <laughs> and we'll see you at Fink. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. <laughs>